Coming up this week, off screen. We get on the case with Detective Pikachu. Go on a destination wedding. Live the high life. Brave the Arctic. Scoff Madeline's Madeleine. And scratch ourselves where hands touch. All those to come and more, off screen. This is. This is off screen. Off screen. The latest film news and reviews. This is Offscreen, the Movie Marker radio show and podcast. Welcome to Offscreen, I'm Van Goddard. And I am Case Allen. Welcome back, Mr. Allen. Another fun week awaits us as always. Yeah, as per as per usual. <laughs> so, uh, before we get to uh, the film reviews then, uh, the bits of film news that we get to fit in, and uh, the box office top five for the week, we need a piece of film news, something big, something mega, something kajunga. What can start us off, Mr. Allen? I don't know if I have anything kajunga. Is that even, is that a word? It, it, it exists on a whole use other it, scale. Use it in another sentence. <laughs> My love for you was Kajunga. Wow. <laughs> is Kajunga something you are? Is it something you have? Do you do it's it? It's merely a measurement of epic scale. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, well, this is pretty big. Uh, Richard Madden, who is probably best known uh, from being on uh, Game of Thrones, he's uh, Rob Stark, or was it, Rob he, Stark. Yes. Spoiler he, for a season from a few years spoiler ago. Spoiler for a like, you know, six-year-old. Yeah, spoiler, he's not in it anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, was in uh, The Bodyguard. Which yes, the bodyguard's yeah. huge, isn't it? Not not Kevin Costner, the BBC. Yeah, bodyguard. the other bodyguard. Yeah, I think this is just bodyguard, isn't it? It's not the. Just... Is it no? It's just bodyguard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. B, yeah, B, yeah B, drop the. It's, mm. it's cleaner. But the Keely Hawes one. The Keely Hawes one. The Keely Hawes. Yeah, one. really, really good. Yeah. Um, so he's been doing that. Uh, he has been tapped to be in a Marvel film. Okay. Well, this is the badge of honor now, isn't it? Yeah. This is this is it. I mean, absolutely. Yeah. But it seems like he's going to be um, the kind of quote unquote like star or lead. This is interesting. This. This so, is interesting. Um, yeah, What's the name of the character then? Uh, the character is uh, Icarus, the film, because I think I forgot to say it, yep. is The Eternals. Which is, uh, is yeah. that, uh, oh, I want to say Chloe Zhao directing? Chloe, uh, Chloe Zhao did uh, The Rider. The Rider, which I've never seen. No, but uh, it's like a small indie film, mm. which got buzz, got, got buzz. loads of buzz. And this, mm. this is classic Marvel, isn't it? It's picking yes. an upcoming indie, like picking someone like John Watts, who did Cop Car, and then did these two Spider-Man films. Getting yourself that uh, that couple from that little Ben Mendelsohn gambling drama. Exactly. I mean, even Taika Waititi. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, let's get the dude who did uh, What We Do in the Shadows. By the way, we yeah. need to talk about What We Do in the Shadows later. Like, I've I've still not watched the show. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, okay. Which is, it's insane, like, given how early I adopted, like, Concords and... I know. I'm the user of the late coming to this. Yeah, yeah, and I was like an early adopter of like Eagle vs. Shark and buy it. Mm. And yeah, and yeah. I will just say this on it though, uh, Matt Berry. Just you know me personally, I, I yeah, uh, I, I enjoy the I enjoy the Matt Berry quite a bit. I and, I, I uh, love Matt Berry. He's he's terrific in it. He's genuinely terrific. In it. Kay Van Novak as well, and I forget the name of the actress. Yeah, uh, plays Nadia as well. She's absolutely brilliant. Absolutely. Um, but yes, yeah. the Eternals. Yeah, Eternals. So uh, we've already got a cast for it as well. Well, uh, we've got a few people involved. Few. So uh, uh, Kamel uh, Nanjiani. Yeah, he's going to be in it. We don't know who he's going to be playing, but that's really cool. Uh, I've forgotten the gentleman's name. I feel. Terrible. South Korean actor from South Train Korean to Busan. From Train to Busan, which is a great film. I can't remember his name either. I apologise, but um, yeah, but he he's going to be in it, which is excellent. And excellent. then probably the really big news and the first piece of big cast news that came out was um, uh, Angelina Jolie. Yes, imagine is, that is going to be in it. So uh, Eternals is 
it's a cosmic uh, Marvel film. Do we know? Because as far as I know, the comic book is set millennia ago. Yeah. Is the movie going to be set millennia ago? I don't know. I mean... I, one of these characters is like Thanos' dad. Uh, Thanos' brother. Thanos' brother? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How the hell old is Thanos? I, I don't know. I mean, wow. I I, it, would be, it would be so ballsy to have it be set like millennia <laughs> ago. Like it'd be, uh, it'd be, it'd be great. If it is set millennia ago, and Thanos is millennia old, he's definitely earned the name Big Daddy Thanos by now. You know, just, just absolutely, just for longevity. <laughs> Big Daddy Thanos. Um, yeah. Um, so the Eternals are a super race, essentially created by uh, the Celestials, who are Kurt Russell's people. Who are Kurt Russell? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Kurt Russell's boys. It's all coming together. Yeah. Yeah. Who else was a Celestial? Uh, Jeff Goldblum. Now, is, is he a Celestial? I or, believe he is. Because his brother is also the Collector. I can't remember if, oh, if they're Celestial no, or if right. they're different things. That would make the Collector a Celestial. We're, we're, we're talking ourselves in circles, but Richard Madden is is going to be... The, and you told me he's going to be news. blonde as well. The old picture I've seen of Icarus is blonde, and he, oh. he, looks, he just looks like He-Man. Excellent. Yeah. Forward to this. So I think that'll be good, but that comes out next year. Of course... Marvel haven't announced it yet. They've not. There is news not on that today. Bob Iger, during a, a shareholders conference call, like a, a quarterly earnings kind of yeah. call that these companies do, Bob Iger has revealed that this summer there will be a Marvel event of some description in which Kevin Feige outlays the plans. Good. Um, I would imagine that that is going to be timed relatively close to Spider-Man Far From Home. Because that's July. You, you would isn't assume it? so. It's, it's. I think it's the first weekend of July. I think it's so. really early on in July, yeah. but it, it makes sense because right now it's all just kind of conjecture, yeah. and they they don't want people to just be guessing, and mm. yeah, they'd rather mm. just be like, "Look what we've got!" And that Spider-Man trailer. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, so that, I mean, that spoils a few things. That does. It? Anyway, so uh, before we get to our first review of the week, because it's one you've seen as well. So I, I, really I have. Yeah. I, I saw it. Months ago. Excellent. Okay, yeah. so we need to plug the podcast edition because this week uh, we've got a review we can't fit into the radio edit. That's Mads Mickelson in Arctic. We're going to review that in the podcast extras. I'm just going to tell you, it is worth catching that review because Mads Mickelson fights a polar bear. That's all I'm going to say. That is in that movie we're reviewing yeah. in the podcast that's, extras. That's really funny because he was in a film called Polo. And I know. There's no polar bears in there. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts from, get us there. The off screen podcast edition which is about just like 20 minutes longer than the show we usually generally yeah. yeah so first review of the week then let's talk about destination wedding from director uh, victor levin whose work i'm not overly familiar with and uh, no. judging by the film I'm, I'm 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 not in a rush to be honest oh you're not a fan i wasn't i wasn't a fan so let's let's start okay. with the premise for this this is uh right he is frank she is Lindsay. They are uh, two middle-aged misanthropes who meet at the airport about to board a plane, which is where our, our, our clip's going to come in. Um, they instantly don't like each other. They board the plane. They discover they are, in fact, going to the same wedding, the wedding of Frank's brother in California's wine country. I think it's pa- uh, Pabo Rabal? Roble? Or Pabo Roble, I think it's called. Mm. California wine country, you know, picturesque vineyard, rather like that movie Wine Country, which I believe comes to Netflix next week really soon yeah <laughs> we're looking forward to that um they hate each other they are basically the only single people there they are forced to be sat next to each other at the table can you see where this is going case i mean obviously you can i, I can because i've seen it <laughs> you've seen it yeah so that that answers that question in which case do you know what here's a clip i'm going to that most presumptuous of all things a destination wedding 
Please don't tell me it's Keith and Ed's. How many weddings can there possibly be on any given day in Paso Robles? I was praying for two. And I was blaming Satan for my seat assignment when it actually just Keith's assistant. How do you know the esteemed Keith? I was engaged to him six years ago. Oh my God, you're Lindsay. Why? How do you know him? You know, I have the same mother. Holy sh... You're Frank? Oh, you're even worse than he said. You too. So there's uh, an undeniably droll quality to this, I would say. Mm. And, uh, right, for me, it, right, the whole thing, the, the casting is straight Viper Room, obviously. The uh, the style I, I of it... I don't know what that means. Sorry? I don't know what that means. Really? Yeah. You are. You explain references. You're a little bit younger than me, aren't you? Like, yeah. like five years younger. <laughs> yeah, despite despite you know looking like this. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, the Viper Room is where all these all these uh, this caliber of actors from the late eighties, early nineties right. used to matriculate. They all used to associate themselves with the Viper Room. Is that is that the Brat Pack or is that a different? Thing? This is sort of after Brat Pack. Right. This is River Phoenix, Keanu Reeves, oh, Winona right. Ryder, okay. uh, Ethan Hawke, that sort of crowd. Does James Spader factor in, or is that a little no, bit... No, Spader was Brat Pack. Yeah, Spader was Brat Pack and then spun off into just being awesome on his own um, <laughs> and basically reinventing sex. That was James Spader. He and Zolman King, they, yeah. they basically did... He and Zolman King and Mickey Rourke, they went and did that with the 80s. And, yeah. yeah, and then Mickey Rourke got a tiny dog and... A lot of plastic surgery. Exactly, much to my mother's chagrin. Anyway, (laughs) my mother's endless dismay. Um, So yeah, the casting straight Viper Room, the style of it and the tone of it is uh, quite Woody Allen, I would say. It's aiming for sort of Woody Allen territory. And it's working with a concept that's quite Richard Linklater. It's very before. It feels feels like a before film, but like a more comedic before. Exactly. Now for me, though, it lives up to none of those three things. Mm. I say that having never personally been to the Viper Room. Yeah. And I I think, say, have you watched any of the Befores? I don't know. If yeah, you've ever, yeah, I watched the yeah, trilogy. Have you, have you watched them all? Yeah, in fact, the only one I, I don't, I've, I've only seen once and don't really know brilliantly is uh, Before Sunset, which is the second, the second one. one yeah. But uh, the first and last I know very well. The second one I think I've only seen once. Yeah. Um, now, for me, as you know, from, from films like Before, a lot of the, the, the charm from that comes with the naturalism of that dialogue to really drag you into that relationship and really get you invested. It's not helped here by Keanu Reeves really struggling with that. Mm. He really does. There's a very clunky dialogue in there that he can't quite make sound believable. And it does feel very, very forced. And on the other side of that is Winona Ryder being actually quite shrill. As unlikable as Keanu Reeves is meant to be, there is at least some semblance of charm there. Winona Ryder gets really shortchanged on that. I think hmm. coming and, and and there's an extra level of hilarity to this for me if you consider that Keanu Reeves is now doing this thing where he just looks like John Wick all, all the time. The time. Yeah. Regardless of the movie he can be playing a kindergarten teacher. He's still turning up with the floppy yeah. hair and the John Wick beard. But that is what people love. Now. Yeah. So why why not? But it's just you know when she's when she's being less than pleasant to him and they're bickering and they're rowing. Yes, yeah. You do find yourself looking at John Wick and thinking something about this just seems so wrong. Yeah. And because you just you do kind of wish he'd uh, you know just take out the Glock and go to town on this. <laughs> We're a very different movie. Pull up, pull up the floorboards. Mm, yeah. yeah. Um yeah. I, know, I didn't I didn't find a that like risable. There's was... some laughs. I laughed in the clip. Yeah. 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 That, that I, was a good moment. I but yeah, there, there were a few bits where I laughed mm. as well. Um it was a while ago when I saw it. It's not really stuck with me. Yeah, it's not memorable, is it? No. I, I like that it is just Ben. <laughs> I like is. I like that element of it. It hinges entirely though on how 
how much you personally yeah. sort of buy into the sort of BuzzFeed culture shipping of uh, uh, Keanu and Ona, like that kind of thing. I don't know how the BuzzFeed are obsessed with No, it's a thing. It's a thing. It's a thing. Well, is that because they're apparently still married? Well, yeah, it's, it's that kind of thing, yeah. isn't it? It's that, you know, they were in Mermaids, they were in Dracula, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. It's nice to see them It is see nice to see them. I wish it was a yeah. slightly better film. This plods along a little too lumberingly for my I liking. think they've both progressed as actors mm. since Dracula so that's that's <laughs> probably that's the highest compliment they've actually. progressed from the level of Dracula I don't think this film has in terms of uh, real ability though right but uh, I mean I gave it a star rating my star I gave it a two star rating I mean what is your star rating out of out of four that's I go personally I go out of four so right. I gave this a two. Why Why have you chosen four, not five? Uh, when I made the switch to video with Me Movies, because obviously for Movie Marker we do five, yeah. for Me Movies we do four, because it's just punchier and it forces your hand a little more. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. It, force, it forces you to commit, and I don't do half stars. Yeah. So I think, yeah. I think we should just have one, just if you liked it or not. Yeah. One star. I think so. Yeah. That does it for me. With the latest film news and reviews, this is Offscreen, the Movie Marker radio show and podcast. And we're back, Mr. Allen. So, uh, to where shall we venture next in our cinematic voyage for this week? What shall we cover? I think we should cover Madeline's Malouane. <laughs> We're having fun with this. Yeah. I think, because it's never brought up, it's never stated out loud you, in the you film. You sort of did that on purpose, so you didn't have to say <laughs> I, I think, I think it's Madeline's Madeleine. I think Madeline's the, Madeleine. I think the, the edible form is Madeleine, and she's Madeline. Right. I think, I think that's how it works. Okay, so... It's Mad- not in French, if that's what you're thinking. Oh, isn't it? It is an American-made, right. but it's, it's, it's set in, like, New York. Is it about any French characters? No. No, it's just about a girl named Madeleine. taking a French... Female name and a, a, a French little and dessert thing. And, yeah. and yeah, because they know you exist. They're coming for you. <laughs> God damn you, Julie Delpy. <laughs> this is this is Jafar Panahi all over again. Yeah. Right, so um, Madeline's Madeleine, which is uh, really got an interesting but a bit all over the place kind of a, 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 a comic. I want to say coming of age, finding yourself kind of a drama, right? It stars Helena Howard, who is a newcomer. She's, well, she's, I don't think she's been in anything before. Um, literally come out of drama school. And the, uh, the, the main sort of adult figure within the film is played by Molly Parker. Who, what do you know Molly Parker from, by the way? Because I know her mainly for the firm TV series. I don't know, but I do know her, to no. be honest. I don't uh, you, if you before. see her, you will. I might reckon something. I'll try look. I bet you it's West Wing. I bet you she's been in the West Wing. I bet we look that up. <laughs> and I'll be like, oh, it's... Yeah, right, okay. Right, so this is about uh, the theatre director, played by Molly Parker, and it's... Uh, she tries to make what? <laughs> what do I know her from? She's not actually from the West Wing, is she? I don't know if she... But no. I, I definitely know her from... I know her from something political. We will find it. She's House of Cards. House of Cards, there House we of are. Of course it is. She yeah, is House in Deadwood... Deadwood, I, I did know Deadwood, actually. Yeah. yeah anyway, so she is the, a theatre a theater director. She runs a small uh, boutique theatre in New York. She's uh, trying to uh, build a new project that she winds up mining out of her star pupil, mm. who take, then winds up taking the performance herself too seriously, and it starts to spiral out of control for all involved and seeps very heavily into the relationship between uh, Madeline and her mother, um, played by uh, Miranda... I think it's Miranda July. Uh, We've got a clip. 
Mom. Oh, God. I, I kissed that guy. <laughs> Gosh. Uh, maybe we should have... Maybe we shouldn't have, like, rushed into something where there was quite so much responsibility. He could have herpes. He probably does. He knows a lot about porn. <laughs> and that's a sign. All just, like, around your mouth, little pustules. Stop using that hand stuff that just dries your skin out. That only makes... I have allergies. No, you don't have allergies. You have hypochondria. Are you looking at Tinder? Is that what that is? Have you been snooping on my phone? I I, I, I don't want to trust anybody, okay? So the idea there is to is to push just how overbearing uh, the mother figure can be, and how this starts to affect the daughter, who in turn is having you know is, is performing within the play that is drawing heavily from her anyway, so mm. it starts to overwhelm. Now Helena Howard, I think, is just absolutely charismatic beyond belief in this for a, a, a feature debut. This is this her first performance. Genuinely astonishing. Really great. She's got such drive and such energy in her and uh, and she she really can just shoot an entire scene with just on just a look she's genuinely brilliant um there is an almost whiplash quality almost a flash dancey element to it early on i think we were joking earlier calling it what was it the uh, uh, whip, whip dance or whip dance whip Whip flash dance. Whip flash dance? Whip flash dance, yeah. yeah. Um, That's all bubbling under the surface early on, and then it starts to take turns, and it starts to go into other areas. There's a a certain element of Suspiria. There's a certain element of uh, uh, Black Swan in there. There's loads of other things. I love how it's shot, and it's really engaging in the way that it uses... It combines newer digital filming techniques with Mm. more traditional, grainier, old-school stuff, and it hops between the two. It doesn't do it as a gimmick so much as it does use it to convey a particular moment and it feels quite experimental not gimmicky but does feel experimental and it does work tremendously well um it's heavily improvised and as a result that issue we had with destination wedding about the natural and naturalism of it uh not really an issue i mean this adds so much to like the texture of it and and helps the the the, the atmosphere really take form uh it sucks you right in it's it's a bonkers film a bit all over the place but so you we, we care. Do like we like a bit of bonkers. Yeah, but you care. Yeah. That's the thing. You actually are interested. It it does wobble here and there with some of those stranger places and stranger things it wants to to go to and do. But for the most part, it largely works. It it, it does largely work. Um, between the story of Madeline finding herself and the performance that Helena Howard brings to that. I thought it was great. It was a three-star time for me. So three out of four for me. That's, yeah. that's my thing. Should we just start doing the rating? Yeah, why not? Yeah. Okay, so right, three out of four from me. So over to some news. What do you got for uh, me, sir? I've got some sad news. I think everybody is already aware of this because it happened oh, yeah. last week. Um, obviously, we weren't, weren't around. But uh, uh, Peter Mayhew passed away. Oh, uh, so Peter Mayhew, um, obviously best known for playing uh, Chewbacca. In oh. most of the Star Wars films. I know. Yeah, and he, even, he originated it. He, he did retire from the role a little while ago, didn't he? Yeah, so the last time he did it was actually not that long ago. He did it in uh, Force Awakens. Oh, it was him in Force Awakens? I know it's, it's not him, him in... Yeah, it's in... Jonas... I've forgotten his name. I, I saw um, him at the Star Wars event recently. He seemed very charming. He He's an uh, absolute delight. He's amazing. And a large, a large European man. <laughs> very, very large European very, man. Very, very large European man. Yeah, Scandinavian? Was that Scandinavian? Yeah, I think he's from. I, th- I think he's from Sweden. Actually, you got to say he could be Norwegian, not, Swedish. He, he, he's he's of yeah, the uh, that area. <laughs> he is of the tall, tall, blonde, blue-eyed variety. He's a, that's a big man. That, that, Very that is a whole man. lot of man. There's a whole uh, lot of man right um, there. But, yeah, uh, he he took over. I 
being what was one in 2016? Was one? Oh, uh, Rogue, Rogue One. Rogue One. No, 2016 was oh, last no, Jedi, no, wasn't no. it? No. no. Oh no, it's 15, Rogue One was 16. Rogue One was 16. Last Jedi was 17. So his first one must have been Last Jedi then. Must have been then. Yeah, and then yeah, he's, and then, he's, and, and then he's in Solo. Yeah, and then of course, yeah, uh, yeah. No. Um, yeah, but obviously very very sad news about Peter Mayhew. But um, mm. loads of people have. Harrison Ford even did one yes I know Harrison Ford and Solo himself got in on that good it's nice to hear from him on that it would feel wrong if he didn't yeah but um, But, yeah uh, it's it's really it's it's sad, isn't it? Just the amount of people from those original films that were now. Mm, it's true. When we lost Carrie Fisher, we just, yeah, yeah. Uh, Admiral Ackbar now, and, uh, <laughs> but that's on screen. And, so. and you know, Anthony Daniels is still just hanging on. Yeah. So, what's what's wrong with the world? No, no, yeah, no. So, just can't um, have nice things. <laughs> should we do uh, over to you then for the uh, for the top five for this week? Yes, please. Number five, Dumbo. Which I liked. I didn't think it was a great movie, but uh, I, I I liked it. I, I thought I would watch it again. Yeah, it's definitely a movie. I will say when that comes on home platforms, I will watch it again. Obviously, it has appeal to kids because there is a generation of children who I don't think are that familiar with Dumbo. I think the only thing that these live action films need to these live action like versions have got to accomplish is people that have seen the originals have got to be like, oh yeah, that's reminded me of how much I've liked the original and yeah. I like this version. But ultimately, it's just got to be like really appealing to kids <laughs> basically yeah. yeah i mean the kids are the bread and butter on this one i think aren't yeah they? They've, they've got the ones that might not have seen the original dumbo mm. or might not this pains me to say but might not have seen the original version of aladdin well yes exactly um, yeah. oh god I, d- I didn't realize how soon that was to coming out yeah well yeah it's like two weeks away yeah i i for some reason i thought it was like june or something yeah. did, did, was it originally june? Uh, did it get bumped up or? i think you'll find we're only about a month off toy story 4 so and and then lion king and then a month after that is lion king so yeah We've got a big Disney movie pretty much every month. And uh, don't forget that Universal squeezing Secret Life Pets 2 in the middle of that as well. Yeah, but... That'll make make some money. But you will make some money. (laughs) So has anyone tweeted us about Dumbo? What have they thought about it? Uh, Yeah, at uh, Bogarta says, took my eight-year-old to see the new Tim Burton version of Dumbo and it was hashtag spectacular. Number four. Tolkien Begins. Which I have not seen, and uh, I'll be honest with you, I didn't see it because I didn't think it was going to make the box office top five, because why would it? It's a story about J.R.R. Tolkien. J.R.R. Tolkien? J.R.R. Tolkien? Yeah. Yeah, J.R.R. Tolkien, whose story really does boil down to, I went to war and then did some LSD with C.S. Lewis, and then we wrote some books. And the solution to how to make a movie out of this is, oh, he just kept having inspirations everywhere he went in his life that reminded him of stuff that would wind up in Lord of the Rings. Like he has four very short mates. And look, oh, there's a round window over there. Things like that. You know, it's that kind of a movie. It's it's a weird, like, subset of, like, writer biopics, this, isn't it? Mm. It's like this, um, that goodbye or whatever. Christopher Robin. Christopher Robin, uh, Finding Neverland. And they always seem yeah. to tie into wartime stuff as What's well. What's the there's a there's a Renny Zellweger one? Ooh. Oh, oh, Miss Potter. Yeah, Miss Potter. Same yeah, thing. Yeah. yeah, same. Yeah, it's odd. Uh, I, I mean, again, if the if the only way you can make the story interesting is to inject elements that will appear in their later work, then I mean, do you... yeah, I've I've seen the trailer a couple of times, and it's a lot of like horses looking like Nazgul's. Yeah, 
You know yeah. what I mean? I'm sure it's perfectly fine and everything. I mean, I hear not, but uh, from critic friends, critic friends yeah. who did see I'm, it, I'm I hear sure, not. I'm sure, I'm sure but, you know, okay, but... This is a slippery slope. What, what do we need a Joss Whedon biopic about how he got inspiration from when his fence broke and he accidentally took off a wooden stake in his hand? Is, is that where we're <laughs> headed with this? I, um, I guess so. Yeah. I can't wait to see the, the GIR. Martin one. <laughs> the germ one. One year, everyone in his family died one at a time. Then he thought there's a yeah. book in this. So, and, has... and then for, and for 10 years, he couldn't write a book. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, has anyone tweeted us then about uh, 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 Tolkien? Yeah. Uh, Tolkien, Tolkien? Luke Wilson, not that one. Not that one. Uh, 511 says, just watch hashtag Tolkien, and I loved it. Never seen Lord of the Rings. Um, I love uh, how they wove images from his work into his experiences. Eh. Uh, yeah. Well, you've not seen it, so you don't know. Well, no, I know, but it's, it's still a weak crutch to have to fall back on. I can't believe we were talking about this film so much, a film we've not seen. I know. Yeah, mm-hmm. we should just give it benefit of a doubt. Yeah. Uh, it really gives you a sense of how he was inspired. Fair. Number three. My... Lavona. <laughs> I thought you'd enjoy that. <laughs> I did, but I also felt like uh, like I was like a dancing monkey. Yes, well, I think it's because we, we we kind of stopped. And yeah, never mind. Anyway, so um, Curse of La Llorona, very phoned in, very dialed down, watered down, half baked spin off idea to The Conjuring. Um, if the previous movies have felt like Netflix companion pieces, this feels like the made for the Sci-Fi Channel spin-off. Mm. Uh, Linda Cardellini, by default, is the best actress that any of these of any of these spin-offs have, have offered up yet. She's having a real nice like, little. She career, is. She? I haven't, haven't seen the Netflix show. I have not watched it yet, but I I will watch it. Sounds I will. very good. Yeah, yeah. I, I like I like her as well because you know okay, she's yeah. great. I mean, by default, she is the best lead any of the Conjuring spin-off movies have had. This, however, really yes. I don't know. I, I, love, I love me some Vera. No, no, the spin-off movies. Vera is oh, the, oh, Vera's right. the, Vera's the queen. <laughs> Vera is the queen. the queen of these films. Yeah, Vera is the queen, man. Yeah. But Cardellini, she's she's our regent. You All right, yeah. I mean? <laughs> she's a viscount. That's right. Viscount. Viscountess. Patrick Wilson is Duke. Duke yeah. of horror. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Tony Amendola, I can watch all day as well. I'm a big Stargate fan, so that makes sense. But uh, yeah. the movie itself uh, can't even manage basic atmosphere, and that was the only thing the nun could manage. Um, neither neither could manage a scare. This is almost pathetic in how it tries to swing for a scare. Very weak, very limp. Uh, say badly shot, badly lit, and this apparently comes from the guy who's going to make Conjuring Three next. So, oh wow, yeah, yeah, Have they already started uh, shooting it. Yeah, apparently, I think is that the courtroom? One? No, no, Annabelle's the courtroom one, isn't it? I think the next Annabelle's the courtroom. One. Yeah, the the Warrens turn up. They do. As well. Yeah. So, has anyone tweeted us about the Curse of La Llorona? What do they? Yeah, think? at uh, Hot July. Fair. Hashtag La Llorona sucked ass. I want my money back. And then there is, oh, there's, there's emojis galore. There's a crying face, a crying laughing face. Emoji. There's, <laughs> there's, there's, there's a dollar. There's, there's just money emoji. And then I think I think there is an official like Lalorona emoji. Some like ghostly woman. There is. There is a hashtag. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Good for them. Number two. Long shots. Which you've seen. Yeah. You enjoyed. I I really enjoyed actually. I enjoyed uh, actually yeah. more in hindsight. As, as kind of it's kind of it's kind of sat with built you. more with me. Yeah, it's sat with me. It's I, I feel like we'll watch it maybe in a year when it's on home release. Yeah, and yeah, I pretty think much you'll, exactly. You'll probably enjoy it even more. I feel like a lot of those point grey films they tend to just get better mm. on like repeat viewing because that's Seth Rogen's label, isn't it? Point. Yeah, it's, it's him and oh, Evan Goldberg. Evan, Evan Goldberg. Yeah, that's it. 
I do think Longshot definitely feels more like a DVD watch than an actual go to the th- go to go to the theater. And, I don't know. And I'm, I'm, gl- I'm glad that I did for. watch it in the cinema because yeah. I, I I don't know what your experience was like with the audience you had, but I it, it was a pretty packed. Room. Yeah, I had a pretty. There, there, was, there, there was loads of people watching Endgame, but like, they still managed to get quite a few people in there, and and everyone was loving it, and and it, it and it was it was one of those where like everyone was walking in, everyone was talking, and was on phones, and then as soon as like the film started, everyone just kind of shut up and was paying attention. It was really, it was it was good to see stuff. It was it was a good atmosphere. Excellent for it. Um, yeah, and I I liked it, and I liked seeing Charlie Theron in. That, I don't think I've ever seen him in a film like that in R-rated comedy. Yeah, because I, I did think I... that, but uh, a million ways to die in the West. Yeah, I've kind of, I kind of discounted that. I, no. I, remem- I remembered her, but um, I thought she re- she had way more to do in this. She has done other things. I forget what they are off the top of my head, but she has turned up in like cable TV comedies and things. Well, so. yeah, she's she's in like Arrested Development. I, yes, I, I love yeah. her character in Arrested Development, mm. and um, yeah. So has anyone tweeted us about, uh, 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 I can't remember what movie we were talking about, uh, Longshot? Longshot, at uh, Kelly Marcotta. She says, uh, highly pleased with hashtag Longshot. Can we get some more rom-coms, Seth Rogen? Thanks. <laughs> Fair. Number one. Avengers 3000. Well, yes. I mean, what can you really say? I mean, the spoiler ban's dropped now, apparently, but uh, the spoiler embargo, sorry, has dropped. It's you dropped. still can't go around being, you know, nasty and spoiling it for people. No, apparently but, uh, some, someone outside of a, outside of a local cinema did that and got punched in the face. Yeah, wasn't that like China or Hong Kong or somewhere, Singapore or something like that? Like, no, no. Apparently that happened in Sheffield. Really? Yeah. I, oh. don't, I don't know if that's just a rumour and I'm just fueling the, the rumour. Do you know there's someone I really happened. hope that was? Not yeah. mentioning any names. Yeah, yeah, not mentioning any names, but someone I really hope that was. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, what can I say? Uh, for me, film of the year so far, it is this generation's Return of the King. It is Return of the King with jokes. It is... Uh, <laughs> yeah, Trump. it is. It is. And do you know what? Now the spoiler embargo has dropped. I can say one thing about it that I've, never been, I've not been able to say so far. But. The entire second act of this movie is Trials and Tribulations. It is not Back to the Future 2. It is Trials and Tribulations. There we are. Okay. Yeah. It goes, Finally, it goes out of its way to say wait, it's not Back to the Future. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. It, it really goes out of its way to do that. But, uh, um, yeah. There's been... I, was, I think now there's like as, as as much love as there is online. I think there's just an equal amount of hate for it. Really? Um, yeah. Oh, I've, I've I've just I've experienced nothing but positivity with it to be honest. But that might there's, be the, uh, there's a lot of social networking model there, the algorithm possibly, at work. Possibly, yeah. There's there's a lot of different types of people on the mm. internet, fan and uh, yeah. Speaking of people on the internet, then you've you've got you've got something from one of them. You've got a tweet about Avengers Endgame, and so what has the uh, completely randomised partici- participant <laughs> said this time? Uh, F Cruz thirty says, "I love you three thousand hashtag Avengers Endgame." Oh, I love it. I'm not crying. You're crying. <laughs> With the latest film news and reviews, this is Off Screen, the Movie Marker Radio Show and Podcast. And we're back, Mr. Allen. So, um, can I take you where hands touch? Uh, I mean... You'd rather I bought you dinner first. I would rather you bought me dinner first, yeah, absolutely. Go warm yeah. you up treat, to treat me like a Treat me like a lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, yeah classy broad, classy broad. Mm. Okay, so where hands touch, which is the fourth film from Ama Asante, 
You know who brought oh. us uh, Bell? I think oh. Bell is probably the most high profile. Did she do uh, United Kingdom? That was the follow up then. Yeah, so uh, Bell, I think, is her second film after Way of Life and then uh, United Kingdom. Yeah. This is the fourth. So we're hands touch, which to watch the film, sight unseen, you would think was adapted from a novel. It has that feel to it. So this ticks so many boxes. So, <laughs> YA teen romance. You've got Amanda Stenberg and George Mackay. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah, that's what you get. It's a good pairing. Yes, good, good pairing. Right. Then there's who they're playing. She is a young black German girl. He is a young Nazi officer. Oh. This is a period piece. I know. I'm a Sante in period piece romance shock. Yeah, shock. I know. Horror. <laughs> I know, yeah. right? So that really is the story. It's, it's, it's a rite of right passage kind of story about, um, you know, a, a biracial teenager, um, black father, white German mother, pl- uh, mother's played by Abby Cornish, I think we meet her dad, oh. and uh, the romance that forms between her and uh, George Mackay's Nazi officer. His dad, by the way, Christopher Eccleston, ladies and gentlemen. Really? Christopher Eccleston. Wow, I, I can really see that. You can, can't yeah. you? And he's brilliant in it. Anyway, um... And, yeah, it's, it's her story for survival. I mean, mm. this uh, it, it should be noted, this takes place right about the point that the mass roundups of Jewish citizens starts to unfold. And I clip, uh, sets up the, this sets up the general concept for you. Why are we going to Berlin? To be invisible. It wasn't that I had not known I was different. It was that as I reached 16, I really began to feel it. Are you spying on me? I wanted to know if you were all right. I have papers for you. You should carry them wherever you go. They will protect you. They say there's no such thing as a necro of the fatherland. They say I am German. So, like I say, Amanda Stenberg's very good. She always is. I mean, even in the worst movie. What was that awful one that was like the rip-off of the X-Men? Like last oh, year. Oh, yeah. Teenage. Do you remember that one? I remember that. I mean, Awful movie. She, she was, was good in that. It. Uh, everything, everything. Everything. Well. Yeah, you went and reviewed that, didn't you? I, I did. I got lost in London. You got lost yeah. all the way to Waterworld as part But you got there in the end and you reviewed the film. That's what matters. I did, yeah. Um, <laughs> George Mackay, engaging, likeable lead. Always is. Uh, this is nothing new for either of them, though, in terms of like their range, things we've seen them mm. do. You, you know they've got this in them because they could phone this in. Very, very easy work for them. Um, there's uh, a very excellent nuance turn from Christopher Eccleston as the father figure I think there's there is depth to it and there is yeah. introspection in there I quite and, and it is the kind of performance you know you would get if you hire Christopher Eccleston unless he's in one of those dodgy phone in moods but you know he's been on the leftovers for a few years so uh, seems to have uh, got his second wind going yeah um, I will say as well best performance I've ever seen out of Abby Cornish just FY turns out if you bleach the eyebrows you get a good performance out of it um, um, what not a, a, a geostorm no, no, no. I mean, obviously, it doesn't come close to the Golden Globe caliber performance of Geostorm, naturally. Um, there's some great stuff in there. There's a really powerful moment of, you know, a, a black teenage girl looking on in horror at uh, a Hitler Youth Assembly that her own younger brother, her own younger fully white brother, is in. Mm. And it's just a, a really big, powerful moment. Mm. The only problem is the film itself is just a bit rote. It's a bit you know, by the numbers, just from the concept, as I've explained this to you so far, Mm. you already have an idea in your head of this movie as as to what the plot beats would be. You're probably very bang on as well. You're probably actually bang on the money with where this goes, beat for beat, what the nuances and the intrigue, Mm. the ins and outs of the story have to be. So there is that going for it. Having said that, though, despite being drippy as all hell, the performances are quite good. And, you know... Amarasante admittedly has made the most televisual one of these she's made yet, 
but he's still got the heart of an Amorosante movie, and that's not nothing. You know, so... so yeah, you can't fully discount it, I guess. No! Two stars. Yeah. So, <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> We're getting into this now. you got a piece of film news for me, where you go... Of course I do. The Disney-Fox uh, merger thing. Yes. We're still just getting fallout from that. Um, <laughs> oh, <me>. Yeah, wow. <laughs> yeah, let's just have some news just about that, because a lot happened in terms of that this week. So, yeah. a lot of dates being shuffled around, a lot of things being... Yes, you have to remind me because I did see, but I've forgotten what the films are specifically. The ones that, right? Okay, I'll I'll give you the headlines. First of all, Gambit gone, <laughs> complete. I mean, that's not even news. Is right? Who's going to sell Channing? He was the only one who cared. I know. He, yeah. He's there, just like standing in front of a mirror with some cards, throwing him. Yep. Yeah. Um, right. So that's that's your first one. So that is officially off the slate. Yep. New Mutants has now actually got a release date. <laughs> wow! But it's next year in okay. April sometime. For now, until that For gets now. bumped. One of the biggest pieces of news. Yeah. Um, so, uh, the Avatar sequels, Avatar 2. Yes! That was going to be Christmas 2020. Mm-hmm. And then the third one was going to be the following Christmas. And then it wasn't like a two-year gap, I think. And then, then a two-year gap, and then the, following. Two, the two films, and following and following again. Yeah. That's not happening anymore. Are they keeping the pattern, but they've moved it backwards? Is that what's happened? They've moved it backwards and they've changed the pattern. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, they The first one, uh, um, uh, the the second one, sorry, that comes out December 2021. Okay, well, I then, thought it was 2023 for some reason. But, uh, well, Sounds about as realistic. We, we, we are getting to that. It's so 2021 okay. for, for Avatar 2, yep. and then we take a year off. And then we come back for Avatar 3 in 2023. Yeah. And then we take a year off. And then we come back. To... And then we take a year off. And then we come back. So we're doing like alternate. Oh, so we're doing biannual. Yeah. Oh, okay, fair enough. That Bi- makes more sense. To However, me. that's if the first two do, do, do well. I wonder if that's going to be structured around the idea of releasing a Star Wars in the intervening year. It, it will be because they've also yeah. uh, planted dates for those now. They have. So yeah. uh, the new trilogy, new Star Wars trilogy, is going to be 2022, 2024, 2026. 2026. It's almost like it's, a all, it's plan. all very cleverly done. And they've also dated a bunch of Marvel films. Mm. And this morning, I've said that they're planning to cut the Fox slate of films. In half. Yes, I heard that. Five to six films a year, I Something believe. Something like be that. The, uh, so last year, they released somewhere in the region like 12 or 13 mm. films, which seems to be pretty average for like That's, a major yeah. studio. Unless oh. you're Warner Brothers. Do you know how many films Warner... I mean, you of all people should know. Yeah. Yeah, they, last year, Warner Brothers released 22 films. That does not terribly shock me. But you know when you put out things like Top Cat Begins and stuff like that? Exactly. They're not just, all shining stars, are they? No, it's just, oh, we've got this. Let's take it out. And let's um, not forget, I believe it was Warner Brothers who did distribute Geostorm. So, oh, so they won then. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They, they won at life. You know? Yeah, definitely. So let's talk about uh, another release then, really quickly. Let's talk about, uh, I think it's High Life. Are we going to talk about High Life now? Yes, let's talk yeah, about okay. High Life. Okay, High Life, which is, this one's a bit out there as well. So, new film from Claire Denis, starring Robert Pattinson and uh, Juliette Binoche and Mia Goth. And basically, this uh, this takes place as a non-linear story. So the, mm. the, it's, it's a bit jumbled up chronologically all over the place. Follows Robert Pattinson's character. He is... I'm just going to say he's a single father, alone on a spaceship, that is headed mm. towards a black hole. Okay. Raising his daughter with not a, nary a soul in sight, alone on this... In, in this basically a, a floating uh, warehouse, effectively. Um, he seems to be some sort of a, a prisoner or, an exper- or a subject of an experiment... 
There's mystery to it. Eh, I can't really tell you much more, to be honest. Um, here's Robert Pattinson explaining something of their purpose whilst flirting with Juliette Binoche. We were scum. Trash. Refuse that didn't fit into the system. Until someone had the bright idea of recycling us to serve science. The odds are not in our favor. But when my work is accomplished, when perfection is achieved, then what? Fly away? Dada. I know I look like a witch. You're foxy and you know it. Right, this is a bit of a mess, to be really honest. There's stuff in there that's really astounding and the stuff that doesn't quite work. So, between the opening and the score, think silent running. So the opening visuals and the kind of score it goes for, very mm. silent running. And that score is awesome. So epic, 70s-style sci-fi synth kind of stuff. Like, think 2001's, uh, you know, amped up with a theremin kind of thing. Um, however, it's a very cheap movie. I mean, it, uh, the first shot we get of Rob Pattinson, for instance, is him on a, in doing an EVA with a spacesuit. Very ropey mm. CGI, and then he goes inside, and you actually see the ship. And it really does look like they just filmed this in, you know, in, in the work kitchen on an industrial estate. <laughs> it really genuinely looks like that. They've just, like, changed the colour of the light bulb. Very cheap. The cinematography gets moments where it manages to shine through that cheapness. Mm. But the overall style, you know, that's a, a bit more all over the shop. I mean, that the overall style, to be honest, winds up borrowing from grand 1970s sci-fi stuff. It borrows from 1970s Euro cinema. It borrows from 1970s European horror as well. So things like, think like Argento and stuff like that. Um, the 70s element, absolutely undeniable. But it doesn't want to stay there. It wants to go other places. At one point, it literally delves into interstellar and scanners simultaneously. It's a bit bonkers. Juliette Binoche is really going for it, and she fits that. Robert Pattinson, though, eh, a bit of a blank canvas. Bit cardboard. Bit monotonous. That let it down for me. The ambition of the film, though, I couldn't help but sit there and marvel at. I don't think it's a terrifically great film, but I think it is an ambitious film. And if you want to see something that's unlike anything else that's currently in cinemas, then yeah, definitely see this. But do not think you're buying the large popcorn and coke for this. Now, his his career is just so interesting, isn't it? Yeah, this is another one that's kind of like Cosmopolis kind of things. Like, why? What is? What are you doing? Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I didn't. Childhood of a leader. Yeah, man. Um, I I didn't mind uh, Cosmopolis that much. It's not my favourite at all. Um, Yeah, but it's not. It's not too bad. But I just think that yeah. Good for him for choosing these kind of roles. And I suppose he could afford to, can't he now? Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting that he has been chosen to be the lead in that Chris Nolan film. Yes, but and Christopher Nolan usually hires for damn good reason. I mean, yeah. none of us thought the Joker would work, so... No. Yeah. Do you know what? I, c- I can see him as Bruce Wayne. I know there was rumours about him <laughs> being in Matt Reeves' battle. I can, I can definitely see that. Look, if it ain't a young Gabriel, like a five years younger Gabriel marked, then I'm not interested. No. <laughs> but uh, also, he is aging now. Anyway, so uh, that's High Life, Claire Denis' new movie, uh, in cinemas now. With the latest film news and reviews, this is Offscreen, the Movie Marker radio show and podcast. 
And we're back, Mr. Allen. So, uh, only one place uh, left to go this week, really. And where is that, exactly? We are going to Rhyme City to team up with Detective Pikachu, as voiced by Ryan Reynolds in the feature live-action animation hybrid debut of the Pokemon universe. This has been... It's... I can't believe it's taken this long. It has, yeah. yeah. So, um, directed by Rob Letterman, who directed the first Goosebumps movie, uh, starring Travels Ryan Reynolds. Well. Uh, Gulliver's Travels, yeah. yeah. Those were his only two live-action ones as well. They were all animated yeah, before that. animation world. There's uh, yeah. lots of DreamWorks stuff, isn't Something it? Something like yeah. Um, so this stars Justice Smith as a young boy who's... Well, I say young boy, he's in his early 20s, sort of a millennial type. Mm. Uh, one dreams of being a Pokemon trainer. His father, a detective, goes missing, and he uh, he sets out to, uh, to, to find him. Uh, however... Pikachu wakes up, because this as well takes place in a world in which Pikachu and human beings exist side by side. Uh, Pikachu Pokemon and human beings (laughs) exist side by side. Pikachu, the only Pokemon I could name before I saw this movie, voiced by Ryan Reynolds, wakes up with complete amnesia, wearing a, like, Sherlock Holmes-style detective hat, with Harry's name in it, the detective, the missing detective, and sets out to basically team up with Justice Smith and find the missing Harry, who can provide all the answers and give Pikachu his memory back. Here's a clip. Okay. Wow. I'd like to see this guy's internet search history. Who are you? Let's see where this goes. Tell him you're my new partner. I'm his uh, new partner. Well, that Pikachu Thunderbolt almost wrecked my prized Charizard. Last time he was here. Oh. Scars still fresh. All I hear are consonants and all I see are nipples. And you know what? He ruined my coat, man. Look at this. I'm so sorry. Forget the coat. Where's his shirt? I think I can name probably, like, five Pokemon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, 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 I, I, could, I, was, I can name. I was, ne- I was never big into it, but like it, it was my yeah. era when it came around. I, I just, I just always missed it. I was never that big into it. I think I must have been a year or two tall. It bypassed me entirely. Don't know anything about Pokemon. Could name Pikachu, maybe Squirtle. That's about yeah. it. Charizard. I saw this with Calvin who's obviously younger than both of us and a lot more of the sort of age bracket demographic for for this. And he had the time of his life. He was was literally falling out of his seat with laughter at every little thing in it. Uh, For me personally, I I had a blast. I had a great time. I thought thought it was good, really good fun. Yeah, it's getting very good reviews. It has. Now, Ryan Reynolds is about as fun as you'd expect, but uh, to be honest, Justice Smith, as unlikely as it sounds after Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, he's the MVP Yeah, I forgot that he was even in that. I know, right? Yeah, (laughs) because I I wanted to forget. Isn't he in the the get-down? The, the Baz Luhrmann thing? Is he yeah, movie? he is. I think that's one of his big, big things. He's in uh, Paper Towns as well. Oh, of course he was. Well, he brings he brings all the heart to this, and uh, and he winds up owning it. He really does. Like, Ryan Reynolds only gets to work as well because he's got the, the emotional backboard to play off of. There's great support as well from Catherine Newton, uh, who plays a sort of Lois Lane meta reporter type, uh, who has... Uh, oh, Psyduck. She has a Pokemon who's Psyduck. Oh, so yeah. lots, lots of gags to get out of that. Uh, Chris Gear from You're the Worst, a bit daft but really enjoyable. Uh, Ken Watanabe, who's just a ledge man, he just turns it's up as like the police captain. Yeah, like, you want Ken Watanabe to be the police captain of a world by, you know in which P- Pokemon exists. And Bill Nye is there as a sort of James Harday from Ready Player One type figure, you know the mm. the, 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 the the reclusive visionary kind yeah. of type. It's like a combo of Roger Rabbit, Cool World, Zootopia, and the Happy Time Murders, all smashed together, but better than at least half of them, and <laughs> borrowing most heavily from Zootopia in the end, to be honest. Like, there's a lot borrowed, I think, from Zootopia. The world itself, though, that they've actually constructed around it is stunning. So it's pretty much, it balances out to be quite Blade Runner-ish. 
It has that Blade Runner Tokyo-ish look, but the whole mm. gimmick is it has to keep that consistent look while simultaneously incorporating this idea where every different block of this city is a different real-world capital city. Oh, that's, that's So cool. they'll literally walk through yeah. London, Paris, and Berlin in a scene. Huh. And it all still looks like it's yeah. within this same world. That's very we- clever. Yeah, it's really fun. I'll be honest with you. I started watching this thinking, can we have a Howard the Duck remake? I mean, that's, that's probably going to help that film's like box office. Oh, God, I yeah. would say, yeah. Oh, once this gets to once this gets to, to Japan and China and they've they've dubbed out Ryan Reynolds with, you know, whoever they want, I'd, I'd imagine like China might go for Jackie Chan or someone like that. <laughs> I, this will make all the money. This is printing money. Yeah. And deservedly so. It is a good time. It's accessible to fans, because Calvin proved that. He had the time of his life. And it's accessible to non-fans, because I don't have a clue. And you enjoyed it. And I really enjoyed it. Uh, I That's what have, you want from these kind of films. Yeah. End yeah. to end, four-star, great time with it. Do you think Sonic's going to be better? <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I don't think I'm willing to hedge my bets on that one, Case, to be honest. <laughs> I, I, don't think, I, don't think they are, I don't think Paramount is. I'll take a sucker's bet, but there's a limit. Yeah. But, my favourite uh, thing about the Sonic trailer is right at the start, when mm. it, it goes to show you the, uh, the Paramount uh, logo, the Sonic rings. Oh, yeah, yeah, I around. quite liked that. Yeah, yeah, that was quite a good bit. But uh, I, I'd be honest with you, I'm going to give Detective Pikachu film of the week. I thought it was just yeah. a genuinely great time. I'm looking forward to seeing it, and, yeah. and I'm like you, I'm I'm not really a fan. I think you'll have fun. I do think you'll you'll really enjoy it. I well, think you'll enjoy you know it. I enjoy Goosebumps as a game, so if it's a similar kind of level... Oh, cut above, cut yeah. above. Uh, I mean, say, I'm a big Goosebumps fan, but this is a cut above on every level for Goosebumps. Mm. It's maybe not quite as as uh, charmingly meta as Goosebumps is. This is more in-your-face meta. Yeah. And, you know, Ryan Reynolds, <laughs> you know what you're expecting with that. We've seen him do Deadpool, same kind of thing here. Um, but, yeah, so next week, some interesting stuff. We've got a dog movie next week. You in the market for a new dog movie? No, but I have already listened to uh, Dennis Quaid talk about this movie. <laughs> he listened to which him. one? Uh, are, are, are we talking? Are there different films? No, there's different ones. No. So there's he was um, talking about a, a dog's journey. No, a dog's journey. That was the other week, and we didn't cover it. So <laughs> oh, then I have no idea what you're talking. I thought no, that was last week. I think when we were off. Uh, no, Pick of the Litter is next week. And Dennis Quaid's not involved in that. Dennis Quaid is not in this one. Dennis Quaid was in Dog's Journey because that's the yeah. sequel to Dog's Purpose, dog's purpose isn't it? Yeah, as if that got a sequel. Oh, I know. Uh, but no, Lasse Holstrom for the sequel. But yeah. uh, so next week we've also got Breakthrough, which is like Topher Grace, like an underwater survival thing. Uh, we've got Beats, which is a new movie from like Steven Soderbergh. Breakthrough, Topher Grace. Yes, underwater survivalist kind of movie. You know, Christian it, film. Christian film. Chrissy Metz from This Is Us is in it. Yes, yes, she Mike is. Mike Holt is in it. Yeah, and yeah. Yeah, so, oh, we've got that to look forward to. Brilliant. Oh, okay. Uh, Beats, as I say, is next week. Tucked is next week. Birds of Passage is next week. And last, but certainly by no means least, is John Wick, colon, chapter three, dash, parabellum. Forward slash. (laughs) Forward slash. Initial underscore edit 1.5. See last one. But you just yeah. know. So, so we've we've got John Wick three. John Wick three. Not, not to be unfair to any other film, but we've got John Wick. 3. We've got John Wick three. Do we need anything else? No. But uh, unless you've got John Wick four in your pocket. Well, God willing, God willing. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I just want to see John Wick on a horse, man. That's that's kind of the kind yeah. Of fun that's, of this one. I want to see him me. just just capping dudes left left and right whilst <laughs> riding a horse with a samurai sword <laughs> and a gun. <laughs> Brilliant, I know. On motorbikes, no less. Yeah. Anyway, so we got all those to come and more next week off screen. In the meanwhile, this has been a candy store production for Movie Market. I've been Van Connor. And I've been Case Allen. And we shall return. 
Just show me the way to get out of here and I'll be on my way. You've been listening to Offscreen. For more movie news, reviews and more, visit moviemarker.co.uk. Okay, everybody, that's a wrap. Podcast extras, though, man. So, yeah, good. Yeah. Podcast extras. Yeah. So we need some film news to uh, start yeah. us for the week then, this Mr. Is, this is an odd one. I didn't really see this coming. Go well, on. actually, no, I did, but not in this way. So uh, there's a cliffhanger reboot happening because, <laughs> yeah. you know, 90s action movies, of course. Of course it's happening. It's Stallone's not involved, I heard. Uh, no, as far as I can tell, there's not a man in bleed. It's going to be a female-centric reboot. Well, why not? Well, why not then just call it Cliffhanger colon subtitle and just release it as a semi-sequel or a sidequel? That's a good point, yeah. Have it in the same, yeah. same world. Cliffhanger could just be a series about mountain climbing survivalists. It could be, yeah. Um, I love Cliffhanger. I've not seen it for years. Now you build it up, you build a few sequels, get a Generations movie going, with yeah. a little crossover talent, like an Done. All-Stars one. Yeah, but it's... Um, yeah, it's going to be directed by uh, Anna Lily uh, Amapur. Yes, I did hear that. Why do I know Anna Lily Amapur? She did uh, The Bad Batch, which is a Netflix film. Yes, which I never got around to watching. That starred Keanu Reeves and Jim Carrey, didn't it? Yeah, and Jason Momoa. Yes. As well. What was the biggie that Amapur directed? Well, that's, that's the most recent one I can think of. For, uh... there, there was something uh, further back, but I, I forget offhand. But yeah, I'm intrigued by that. Like, a, a cliffhanger sequel. I mean, uh, what was the one that got a sequel recently? Oh, it was Batdraft, wasn't it? Bad Draft got its sequel recently, the same yeah. thing. But that actually is a direct sequel. Yeah. But <laughs> I, I feel like this has got to be slightly more high profile. I no, hope, anyway. <laughs> well, which reminds me, actually, now that we're in uh, podcast extras, just allow me to rummage through my pockets here for you and uh, pull over with sort of hand money. I don't carry money. Uh, I have finally found my long-fabled missing pair of jeans, Mr. Allen. Oh, no way. And so, um, now, once I get this pinned back, it is my my, my great pleasure to finally <laughs> give, bestow this gift upon you of these uh, Being Frank, being Frank, the Chris CV story pin badges of Frank's wow. side-bottom artwork. Oh, there you go. Well, I'm, For your collection. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> For my collection. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know what to say. I'd uh, like to thank... Thank the academy. Well, it's fine. You'd have to get me anything. Uh, yeah. Fine. Thank you, man. <laughs> wow. Yeah. But yeah, I will. I will add these to my collection. I've got loads of pin badges. I know. That's why is, I just think to collect bizarre. them for you. Yeah. Now, Thank all you very much. Yeah. Can I talk quickly then about Arctic, which is out this week? Yes. So Arctic is. Uh, you'll have seen this advertised the new movie starring uh, Mads Mikkelsen, and it's basically man al- alone in the Arctic. You know, yeah. journey from point A to civilization. That kind of a narrative. So this comes from uh, director Joe Penner, a Brazilian musician and YouTube personality who set himself up as a, as a vlogger in 2006 under the channel Mystery Guitar Man and has now decided to make his first film, which sounds mm. ludicrous. But you know what's more ludicrous? What? It's actually really well made. Yeah. Who saw that coming? I know. So, uh, Mads Mikkelsen is uh, a man who... You know, we literally opened the movie with him in this crash, in media res, he's sort of surviving, eking out a living, tr- going searching every day and trying to find, you know, different uh, signs of civilization, trying to map the route to get himself uh, yeah. back. But... Um, Basically, this is more or less a silent film. It is this this journey. He encounters a helicopter crash along the way, thinking it might be his own rescue, and picks up a uh, an injured uh, companion who he must also transport to civilization. And he's literally Mads Mikkelsen in the snow for ninety eight minutes, just trying to stay alive. At one point, he fights a polar bear. Sounds great. Yeah, now, it's not a great movie. I thought it was pretty good, actually. But it's not a great movie. It's not, like, academically wonderful. It's uh, We've not got a clip because it is largely silent. But it's a silent fr- film. 
in that way that all is lost is a silent film. Yeah. If you, you remember that one. So it Long is a kind of a somber, unspoken piece, more like all is lost. It's, it's not one of those outwardly philosophical ones like The Grey, but it is quite powerful. You do, you do feel it for Mads. You know, yeah. he's and everyone loves Matt. Everyone loves Matt. I don't know anyone doesn't like Matt. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, he's on fine form. He's he's awesome. He can totally do this because you know he's he's Mads. Mm. Mads is from Danish cinema, so you know for a fact that he's killed an animal at some point as part of a role. Mm. You know that's happened because he's Mads, and then literally yeah. they put him up against a polar bear. What do you think's going to happen? Um, great crisp visuals, gorgeous to look at, just incredibly, just just breathtaking cinematography from. And I've been looking forward to saying this name out loud, Tomas Orn Tomasen. Oh, you've been practicing. I've been practicing. That's the third time I've said it out loud. Um, gorgeous, beautiful to look at. And Joe Pena has actually managed to concoct something really quite interesting here. I, I think there is something going for this. Don't think it's got mainstream appeal at all because it's, like I say, largely dialogue. Might be difficult to find as well. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a bit castaway, a bit martian at times, you know, when he gets into the sort of minutiae of little things that he's doing, like food rash and stuff like that. Um, I, I had a good time with it. I, I say, I don't think it's got... You know, popcorn and, uh, and nachos appeal. Yeah, but, maybe it doesn't uh, need that. It's not that kind of film. It doesn't necessarily need that. I can see this, though, being something that will be very big on streaming. Like, yeah. This will this will gain its audience on streaming. And uh, a bit of trivia for you as well, by the way. I think his name is uh, o- Overman? I think his name is his, his name is Overman. He's H. Overman. According to the uh, production notes on this, H is a reference to Hannibal. Oh, so, cool. Which they've done twice, because at one point they present you with his ID card, and it's got a photo on it of a young Mads Mikkelsen, which is also the exact picture of young, young Mads Mikkelsen they use for Hannibal oh, Lecter. Lecter. So there's, ah. uh, there's references All in there. very meta. Yeah, I liked it. I, I, I did like it. I just breathtaking to sit through. Maybe it's because I've sat through a lot of Attenborough recently as well, because of that, uh, was it the Our Planet thing? Yeah, I've, the one on Netflix, I've still not watched it. Yeah? Yeah. Do not watch that while baked. Just trust me on that. Yeah. Like it's, it's pretty devastating. Yeah, it it takes you through the ringer. I watched this penguin versus a seal, and it was uh, it, it got tense there. I'm not going to lie, it was really tense. Who, who were you rooting for? <laughs> I was rooting for the penguin. Yeah, but that, that penguin came close though. <laughs> uh, I've got some film news um, about Endgame. Endgame. Oh, I like Endgame. We got. Yeah, we we all like Endgame. I like a bit of Endgame. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. It may have hinted at future characters. Really? Yeah. Okay, well, we're outside the spoiler embargo, so please... So, yeah, yeah. It's, it's fine. I'm going to spoil the hell out of it. Um, yeah, so in, in past films, characters that we now know have been hinted at. Mm-hmm. So, for example, was a bit in Civil War where Stephen Strange is just offhandedly mentioned. It was Winter Soldier. That's the one. It's, so it's it's Soldier, yeah, Winter when he's predicting the future stuff, the future yeah. threats. Yeah. Stephen yeah, Strange has got an eye on. Yeah, he says Stephen mm. Strange, and there's a couple of different things like that that have, that have happened in the films. Uh, but in Endgame, there is a bit where uh, Okoye says that they've been monitoring an underwater. <laughs> oh yeah, and an earthquake under the an ocean. Earthquake. Under, yeah. yeah, and they're just like that's what it is. It's just it's an earthquake. Or, or is it? But there is, because there's that great line when she says, uh, what's our risk, you know, how, how are we handling this? It says, yeah. Well, it's an earthquake under the ocean. We handle it by not handling it. Yeah. But it's I liked that moment. I thought it was a nice But there's, there's, there's no way that, like, that's just put in just for the hell of it. Like, it's, no. it's not just a throwaway line. It is, uh, yeah, people mm. are speculating it is uh, about Namor. Mm. And obviously uh, 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 the trailer for, uh, for uh, 
far from home as into that the snap has opened the multiverse as well so i yeah. think we're getting a lot of weird stuff coming up that we, we didn't expect yeah definitely so i'm i'm kind of cool with that yeah it works for me as well yeah. scott derrickson already hinted at namor as well yeah, yeah. for, for dr strange so i yeah. i don't know i i feel like it's either going to be in black panther 2 or in dr strange 2 but namor comes in. black panther 2 wouldn't surprise me actually that because they're, they're same the same kind of caliber characters yeah as well. they're both like like royalty yeah well, they're both so. like legacy characters but didn't really have a foothold in in mainstream culture i would say exactly so it could be in one or the other or both i think yeah. that's cool but um that's not all. Go on, what years ago for me? There was another bit in that game that hints at another character. Ooh, who? I don't know if you picked up on Is this. it Howard the Duck? Because I heard he's in there. I've not seen Oh, him. no, he is. He yeah, is. I've not seen it. I've not seen the physical image of him. But... Go go see it again. Yeah, well, I mean, I'd like I need a cue. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Probably do that later. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, when when everyone comes back, mm. he's there somewhere. I saw yeah. I, I mean, I heard, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. the other character, well, I'll, I'll set it up for you. When Cap and... Tony go to 1970s New Jersey. Yes. And go to the Shield base. Mm-hmm. There's a bit where Cap is looking at uh, Carter through a window, and she's having a conversation with another agent. Yes. And she mentions the surname Braddock. Oh. Does that ring any bells? Yes, I know. You'll have to remind me on this one. Yeah. I know that Braddock is a model. So, name. yeah, Braddock is the surname of Brian Braddock, who is, is. Captain Britain. Of course, yes, that's it. Yeah. Yes, which have been in snap for a while, but that's and it would make sense that Peggy Carter would absolutely. Be yeah, there. although in the seventies, that's interesting. Unless it's a legacy, I would love that. It'd what if amazing. it's like a legacy, like like the Phantom, where it passes down? Yeah, generally, you know, there's there's it mentors to- and protégés. And we had we had Ant Man in the sixties, but obviously Ant Man we know is Scott Lang. If it's a today. if it's a mentor protege thing again, that rules Tara Negerton out straight off the bat, doesn't it? I know because I'm not sitting through that again. Yeah, yeah, he would just be Kingsman, wouldn't he? Yeah, it's just yeah. Kingsman superheroes. It's a shame because I think that he would be good, but um... give Jamie Bell his proper Marvel shot. Oh I God, say, Jamie Bell would be awesome. How awesome would that be? Yeah, That'd be great, wouldn't it? Do you know how I want to be like the original Captain Britain? Yeah, Statham. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. That'd be amazing. I'd go for like Jeremy Irons or someone really humorless, and then give them a really funny. What's well, so we're gonna go for an actual like older? I'd go. I would actually do a mentor mentee thing with that. Maybe get Bill Nye. Bill Nye'd be good. Yeah, you yeah. Can't, you can't get uh, Ray Fiennes because he's in the new Kingsman prequel. Oh yeah, there's that. Which but how good would like Bill that. Nye be in a? Bill Nye would be amazing. I mean, we've had to. Bill Nye to... in a in an MCU film. Just Bill Nye in a Pokemon film. I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> what a time to be alive. Yeah. Um, well. Yeah, and I, I actually have more Endgame news if you want it. No, but please, let's finish it off. Finish it off. It's not so much news. It's just like, huh? That's that's what happened. That explains it. Do you, yeah. you know what it is? I was just going to say, have you seen the post from James Cameron? No, I've I've just clicked on it. I've not read ah. it, yet, so we could probably read it. James Cameron has written a very uh, gracious uh, message uh, to the, uh, the 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 team behind uh, Avengers End. Oh, do you, do you want to do you want to find it? I, I will find it. It was on my phone a moment ago. When well, I the um, it. the thing I was uh, referring to. Um, do you know the actress uh, Catherine Langford? Yes, from yeah. uh, Thirteen Reasons Why. Yeah, she's in uh, Love Simon and a bunch of other things as well. Yeah, yeah I'd, she's, I'd she's, heard. She's pretty popular. I'd heard she was going to be in. Uh, this was months ago. Yeah, uh, that she had been cast in a role for Endgame. Yeah, but of course, you and I have seen the film. But no, she was, she was never Langford. No, there, La- Langford, no there, no Langford, man. No. You phone with this. Uh, well, they they filmed it. They filmed the part that she was meant to be doing. Do, do you know what it was? Yeah, I heard this that she is was going to be a sort of teenage incarnation, a manifestation 
of the teenage Morgan H. Stark. Yes. Tony's daughter, yeah. who he would have talked to briefly after the fourth the snap. Yeah. I'm just going to say after the fourth snap. Yeah. And uh, uh, he would be in the Soulstone place, like Thanos was at the end of Endgame. When it would have paralleled the yeah. scene with the father-daughter in the in the soul place. Yeah, and she basically would just would have been like, it's okay, I forgive you. you, you do this, it's all good. Yeah. Yeah, but I think they found it a bit too clunky, and the scene that he has with Pepper straight afterwards kind of does that anyway. It kind of signs it off, doesn't it? She yeah. does, there was a very beautiful moment as well. She does say something to him. Um, let me just pull up the uh, the end game. Uh, the end game? Let me just, uh, sorry, pull up the image of uh, this, this James Cameron post. So, it is the Big Avengers logo having knocked over the Titanic which I think is quite huh. clever. So That's literally, really cool. the Titanic has been capsized by the Avengers. I love logo. that every time something like this happens, there's always like an image that goes with it. I like that as well, yeah. because this happened uh, last... This happened with Star Wars or something a couple of years ago, didn't it? Yeah, they handed a lightsaber. Yes. So, yeah. So this was to Kevin and everyone at Marvel. Uh, Kevin and everybody at Marvel. An iceberg sank the real Titanic. It took the Avengers to sink my Titanic. Everyone here at Lightstorm Entertainment salutes your amazing achievement. You've shown that the movie industry is not only alive and well, it's bigger than ever. Jim Cameron. I mean, that's that's classy. I like that. That, that is classy. I mean, he he's, only gets... He's, yeah, he's done it now, hoping can, that he doesn't get to the next next one. Can we, let's just be honest, though. The only reason he's, you know, swinging that big throbbing dick is because he also owns the number one spot on that chart. Yeah. So he still owns For number now. one and number three. Yeah. It'll just be... It'll be interesting what happens this weekend because the percentage droppage that people have predicted is not that high. Like... No, it's not. I would imagine I think I think Pokemon will do well, but I don't think it's going to take that big of a dinger of it. I think we've had the surge and the first revisits now. Yeah. I think we've had those. I think we will now get the fan, the, the, the resurgent fan wave, I think will go back in now. Yeah, people want to watch it again. and I think now that a couple of weeks have passed. Yeah. That there will be that. There have been people who sort of I think there will be people that have just been like, just casual and just waiting for everything to die mm-hmm. down, but will go back in now. Very true. I mean, yeah. when I went to see it that second time, it was uh, nine o'clock in the morning on a Sunday, mm. and it was full. It was an absolutely full house, and there was a screening on every 45 minutes. Yeah. Well, when I went to cinema to watch uh, Longshot a few days ago, mm. like, you could not move. Oh, no, you can't. Yeah. It was It was great. I mean, luckily, not many of us were going to my screen. Yep. It was a decent-sized screen for Longshot. And the irony there is, of course, I turned down Longshot to see Endgame yeah, the first course, time. Yeah, of course, yeah. But, uh, oh, well, I love it 3,000. Yeah. So... Well, that wraps it up for me this week, though. Yeah, same. In which case, well, here it is, your moment of cage. They say evil prevails when good men fail to act. What they ought to say is, evil prevails.